you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And it's, uh, this is, you know, very Southern California related. I guess California related. It's smoky outside, guys. Um, yep. The fires have, uh, they have come to uh, to Southern California. This is this is one of our four seasons. I shouldn't really joke about this, but like people say, we don't have seasons. We do. We have, you know, we, we've got summer. Uh, fire, uh, yeah. earthquake, and like mudslide. <laughs> this is as far south though as I've experienced like fires. Like typically right around the Getty. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, but still, I mean, yeah. The... So for for those of you not uh you know uh, associated with Los Angeles geography, which I'd imagine is a lot of you, uh, where the latest fires are are probably what eight. Eight miles, maybe less yeah. than that from where we are right now. It's actually a little bit less. Probably less than that from yep. uh, from where we are right now. Yeah, if you guys have ever heard of the Getty Center. The Getty Museum. The Getty uh, Museum, you know what? very famous. For what, uh, what you guys are probably very familiar with, it's it's not that far from UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, fires right now very close to UCLA, right along the 405 freeway. So uh, for those of us who live around here, traffic, which is already bad in that area, yeah, it's even going to get a lot worse. Uh, but for the people up there, uh, be safe. Be careful. Uh, I know there's fires there. There are fires uh, right near my hometown uh, up in Northern California. I was texting with my parents yesterday, making sure that they were sort of inside and, and safe and insulated from smoke. So, uh, yeah, this is our reality out here. Um, you know, the weather's great. The the area is great. But there are there are drawbacks to being here. So, um, all right. On a more happy note, fantasy football, it was a pretty decent week last week, this past week. Um I think a lot of our uh, a lot of the big names sort of came through after a slow, weird start. Graham, we were talking yesterday that the the start of the day was weird. We had a lot of touchdowns from people that nobody started, um, but things sort of worked out. Yeah, it, it was a, every every week is weird in its own way. Uh, but yesterday was just like the first quarter, like three people scored in these games. I mean, it was just a really slow start. It ended up it ended up normalizing a lot. I think Deshaun Watson and. DeAndre Hopkins carried a lot of teams in that late window yesterday, but yeah, mm-hmm. definitely a little bit of a weird start. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there was some weird stuff that happened too, and one of those was, how the hell does Joe Mixon outscore Todd? <laughs> <laughs> this is, I have this to was, hold, I have to hold my ba- myself back from swearing. You know what? This was that. What the. That was the epitome of fantasy football, right? Like, you've been struggling with Joe Mixon all year long, and finally. In a situation where just you know what you just can't do it anymore, right? He hasn't been playing well. He's going against the Rams. Everything says put Joe Mixon on your bench, and then he has his best game of the year. Marcus, so so I have him. That's fantasy in a nutshell. I think I have him in. I want to say two or three leagues, right? So I've desperately been trying to make trades so I don't have to play him anymore, right? I finally last week pulled off the final trade where I don't need to start Joe Mixon in any of my leagues, and I didn't start him in any of my fucking leagues. And he goes off. Of course. Yeah. Yep. And it cost me a a win in at least one, although 
I kept him on the bench against the Miz in the Allison Chains League. I need 16 points from James Conner tonight. You'll get there. I didn't get that. Don't yeah, jinx me. Yeah, 16, 16 is very That is fantasy that's, football. That that's, is fantasy that's... football. When a guy sucks, when you are measuring his, his production in terms of inches and not yards, and you finally get so fed up that you're like, man... I'm not doing this. Not against the Rams. Game script is going to be against him. He's going to be awful again. And guess what happens? Yeah. He outscores Todd Gurley, who, oh, by the way, I'm tired of Todd Gurley. I'm, that's... Tired, I'm tired of having him on my fantasy oh. rosters. And unfortunately, I can't get rid of him. That's, you know, it's funny. And they, tired of it. He's not on He's not on the uh, on the rundown, but I think I'm going to I'm gonna add a line item in here because I think that's sort of worth you made talking an addenda, about. You've made an addendum. So I have. annoyed at having Todd Gurley. That's totally worth talking about. So we will uh, we will get to that in, in just a bit. Um, got plenty to talk about. We will recap week eight, kind of break it down by some of the weird things that happened at some of the different positions, uh, notably running back, wide receiver, quarterback. We'll also talk because the NFL trading deadline is tomorrow, uh, and we have had a trade, actually, uh, since uh, just before we started recording this, and we'll talk about that. But because the NFL trading deadline is tomorrow, I have a list of players who have been rumored to maybe be moving somewhere, and we could talk about where we would like to see them go um, that would potentially help their fantasy value, and of course, we'll do waiver wire as well. But before we get into all of that, we'll go behind the glass, as always, and talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? Yeah, the, with the trading deadline coming tomorrow, I wouldn't be shocked if a few of the, the Giants are moved, so my football watching as a fan on Saturdays and Sundays is effectively over. Who do you but, think would get moved uh, off of that uh, roster? Janaris Jenkins, potentially Golden Ooh. Tate, potentially Ogletree, Golden potentially Solder. I saw Evan, Ralph Agano said Evan Ingram's name. No, I could find out about that. It might wow. be a fire sale. I don't think so, but they said they, they would get a decent package. Why would them. they trade Evan? He's one of their best young offensive players. His contract's up next year, after next year, so that, I don't know. It's it's a mess. I, I mean, mean uh, it's not good. Look, aside from last week, your Saturday football watching hadn't been too bad. I mean, Notre Dame's playing well. They, well, they, they the got Michigan rolled by Michigan. Yeah, I mean, that was bad. If, if they beat Michigan uh, <laughs> with a couple, the, you know, with Oklahoma's loss, they could have kept sliding their way down closer to one. Um, obviously, Alabama's playing LSU very soon, so one of those teams potentially get, would get knocked out, but the second loss makes it hard for a non-conference team to very true. ever get in there, but I mean, yeah, so I'm, I'm no longer watching as a fan, just watching as, as a, uh, I guess, a professional in the industry. <laughs> that's that's, that's, the, that's the only way to go, man. Like, I, I have... Uh zero fan allegiances that I'm that I'm like tribal to and yeah it's it's wait a it's minute you wore nice. a Jaguar sweater in here last week that's just because I have it that's because <laughs> I lived in the area for 10 plus that years can't, uh, I can't I can't wear gear of, of whatever it might be I mean sports I, music that I've, I don't like I've also got a Vikings t-shirt that I never wear it's quite ugly we got a Panthers shirt that I never wear I'm yeah, like, eh, I just got a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, I get that. Like it, you know what? In some ways, it's there's sort of a freedom to not having any emotional involvement. Um, you say this now as a very happy Niners fan. I yeah, know. but you know what? Here's yeah, the I went. I went from the. I went years with like. When I first started here and the Niners weren't very good, I decided after a year or so that I had to sort of emotionally detach myself because I didn't want right. to spend Sundays here being angry. Like, it just wasn't going to be productive. Right. So I sort of learned I, I'm, I'm happy for them, but I'm also, you know, not quite living and dying. You know, well, let's think about losses. it, too. Marcus Grant, he, he's a pretty happy sports fan right now. He's a Dodgers fan. I get it. The Dodgers, you know, you made the World Series a couple of years in a row. Your team's always good, winning 100 games. The Golden State Warriors have been doing pretty well, although maybe now that's not going to be Sorry, the Sorry, though. They had a good run. Now you've mat. got the 49ers. It's pretty good to be Marcus Grant right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, SC went to Colorado, won that game. Yeah, they got a big one in here. Yeah. But you have to be detached. Like, I, you know, and I know we're kind of dragging on, but whatever. Um, like it, it sort of has helped. I, I, I remember following SC during like the Pete Carroll years when they were really, really good. And the hardest part about that is you never feel 
really happy, right? Like when they win, it's sort of a sense of relief because they're supposed to win. Yeah. And if they lose, the sky is falling and everything is terrible. So uh, now having a college football team that is like mediocre, it's like, yeah, whatever, man. I can just watch it and have fun. And if we win, that's awesome. If not, eh, whatever. I'm on to Sunday. So, ah, all right. That's enough of that. Uh, let's do some news. Well, the biggest news of the morning just came down uh, maybe uh, an hour or so ago from when uh, we started recording this. The Miami Dolphins have made a trade. It is not a surprise. Kenyon Drake on his way to Arizona. He is now a Cardinal in exchange for a conditional 2020 draft pick. It is a sixth rounder that can become a fifth rounder, uh, obviously, depending on, as they say, conditions. Um, So the, the first thing is, I mean, we... Fabs, we weren't surprised because they reported yesterday, it was reported yesterday that that Kenyon Drake didn't make the trip uh, to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. It was not injury related. So that pretty much suggested to us that he was going to be traded. We just wanted to find out where. Mm -hmm. Now we do. And just like last week when the Cardinals went out and signed a couple of running backs, them making a trade for Kenyon Drake suggests to me that David Johnson uh, not not on the up and up right now, at least injury wise. Yeah. And here's where this situation stinks even more than it already does. Right. So Chase Edmonds got hurt. And so Kenny Drake is likely going to end up being the starter this week. It's a Thursday night game, but they're playing the 49ers. And not only do they play the 49ers this week, they play the 49ers in week 11 as well. Mm -hmm. And if you guys aren't paying close enough attention, that Niners defense is legitimately ridiculously good. So, if you pick up Kenyon Drake, if you have Kenyon Drake, and two of the next three weeks, if you have to start him, there's a good chance you're not going to get much. After their second meeting with San Francisco, they have a bye week. And then week 13, they play the Rams. If David Johnson's not back by week 13, then this injury is way worse than any of us know about. So if you pick up Drake, if you have Drake, you can't start him with confidence in two of the next three weeks. That game in between is Tampa Bay. Then they have a bye, and then you would think David Johnson is going to be back. So I, I get it. People drop Drake in their leagues. Don't go crazy spending a lot of fab on him. <laughs> Don't go crazy. I mean, if you learned anything from Ty Johnson last week, and I think we talked oh, about it. and we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it was worse than we even thought. We thought it was going to be J.D. McKissick. Little did we know that, you know, Trey Carson was going to come in and steal all the damn carries. But – don't go crazy with Drake if he's available on the waiver wire. Just don't do it. The schedule's really bad, and unless we find out that David Johnson's going to be out for the season, th- this is this is just a bad, bad move. It's a bad schedule this, over the next three weeks. Yeah, this tells me that the Cardinals are, are very concerned about not only DJ's injury, but Chase Edmonds, too. Yes. He pulled up yep. really, really lame yesterday with a hamstring injury and basically... Uh, could not walk off the field and was immediately basically ruled out. So I, I you know, in a short week, the Cardinals are going to be in a really tough spot. Obviously, they got Christian Kirk back this week, which was good for them. But they're going to be in a really tough spot in a short week with their running game. I mean, would you would you try at all to make a move for Zach Zinner, Alfred Morris? I mean, you know, I know people will well, definitely be going after Drake. It's interesting, right? So they they. They signed both Alfred Morris and Zach Zinner this past week, but they actually made Alfred Morris a healthy scratch, yeah. which I found really yes. interesting. They, they basically yeah. just rolled into the game with just Edmonds and Zinner, and then obviously Zinner had to end up you know, finishing off the, the entirety of the game. It ended up not mattering because the Cardinals were down by so much by then. So, yeah, I mean, man, 
this Cardinals backfield has quickly devolved into a, uh, I mu- a mess. I know. I, I would have much rather seen Drake end up in Detroit from a fantasy standpoint. Right. Because clearly they don't trust Ty Johnson. And and, and it, that was something that Graham had alluded to, I believe it was last Friday, where, hey, you know, we, we think he's going to get, you know, more of the touches than anybody yeah. else in the backfield. But we didn't see the Man, Drake Carson I, thing. I, I saw coming, peop- so. I saw some people spending some crazy fab on. Ty yeah, Johnson. I didn't spend. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get him in any league. I, don't, I missed I, out on him in every league. I, I got him in. I actually got him. The only league I got him in was League One. It was only because my team is terrible and I had the top <laughs> waiver priority. Um, just looking at, at at the the Cardinals in terms of routes run, right? Trying to figure out where Kenyon Drake can slot in. You know, assuming that Chase Edmonds is back relatively soon and where where Kenyon Drake can fit in. David Johnson's run 164 routes this season, which at the moment ranks fifth on the team. But that's also taking into account that he basically has missed the last two games. Didn't play yesterday for all intents and purposes, didn't play uh, in week seven as well. Um, Look, Drake, we know, is a decent pass catcher. He did it in Miami. I mean, could either of you see a situation where all things being equal, Chase Edmonds is sort of the running back. Uh, Kenyon Drake sort of plays that utility. I'm gonna, you know, line sort of a Duke Johnson role, I guess, if right. you will, uh, in the offense there in Arizona. I hope not because yeah. David Johnson can do it all. I mean, know? this is assuming that DJ isn't back. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think. I mean, Kenyon Drake's depending on what's up with Edmonds. I mean, Kenyon Drake could end up be being the guy that leads his backfield and touches over the next you know couple of weeks. We have no idea how long DJ is going to be out. So you know, he was on the injury report this past week with an ankle injury. But if you remember, a few weeks ago, he had hurt his back too, and and it seemed like. It seems like to me, maybe it's just both of those injuries have caught up to him here as the middle of the season. Um, yeah, it, it's. You know, I, I think it was one of those things, too, where, like, looking back on it now, DJ and Edmonds were both such great sell highs, regardless of now these injuries, because their their schedule is starting to tighten up and they have yeah. their late buy. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's even more so now because, I mean, this this is completely uh, falling apart here. Yep, and, and it's funny, too, because, you know, we had talked about how the Cardinals, you know, have the, all this potential in, in the preseason because of how many plays that they're going to run under Cliff Kingsbury per game. Now, I would be trying to get rid of Kyler Murray. Uh, you can't get rid of David Johnson right now because of the injury. And you're almost – Larry Fitzgerald has disappeared. He has disappeared yes, to the point the last, now the last where Marcus – he is droppable. Well, That's how bad it's been. Yeah, so he had a touchdown called back yesterday, which uh, which really hurt him. But, you know, the Saints were down basically to their, their backup slot cornerbacks, and, and Fitz still didn't do anything in a day where the Cardinals threw a ton. Christian Kirk had a fine game. Yeah, and, he had uh, a decent game. Um, yeah, so this is – this has really kind of turned things upside down mm-hmm. in Arizona, and the schedule upcoming, as you mentioned, Fabs, does not help That's bad. Uh, anything at all. So, uh, you know, one of the other news items I had here, which we've sort of discussed now, David Johnson was inactive yesterday against the Saints, very likely to miss week nine against the 49ers because it is a short week they play on Thursday. So now we're sort of left kind of wondering when David Johnson is going to be back, and uh, we have no indication. And uh, judging by how Cliff Kingsbury has handled injury situations early in his head coaching tenure, uh, we're not going to get anything clear, I think, uh, probably anytime soon. All right, the other bit of news... Maybe some good news potentially here. A.J. Green is aiming uh, reportedly to make his debut in week 10. We have been waiting and waiting and waiting. Graham, I'm a little bit surprised that he would be doing this because, look, the Bengals are, they're done, right? I mean, it's its over for them this season. There, there doesn't seem to be any reason for him to come back. 
Uh, maybe this is just trying to put something else on film, although if you're AJ Green, I don't know why you need to. But if you held on to him this long, like, hooray, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you've been holding on to AJ Green for this long, I, I hope you're in a deep bench league because he's probably uh, killed some some bench moves and you've probably had to be very, uh, let's say, very agile with your team. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if Green comes back... At, I, I think we can immediately expect him to to at least post you know high end receiver two numbers in this offense because they're just trailing so much, throwing so much. And AJ Green is obviously awesome, but at the same time, like, why didn't the Bengals trade him? Like, if he's getting healthy, if he's really this close to health, and they've really just kind of you know slow rolled this with all of the injuries he's had, what are the Bengals doing not trading him? That's that is the question of the year right now because nobody really knows. I mean, there's no there's no point to it. I mean, unless they hope. What he resigns, he comes back. Right. I don't know. I mean, at this point, it seems like that their their kind of partnership has run its tenure, especially with all these injuries that have piled up for Green. Unfortunately, I mean, is, yeah. is it possible that we still got one? We still have one more day. So. You would you would think that the Patriots, you know, made a phone call and maybe the price is just too high, and that's why they ended up going with Mohamed Sanu because you know that's a Patriots move to make. I mean, so right. we get the superstar player. Look, there have been reports that teams, unnamed teams, called about DeAndre Hopkins, right? For a, a Texans team that is very much in the hunt. Um, I mean, there's it seems like there's no way that they would part with, with Nuke right now. So I, if, if you're going to ask about D-Hop, why wouldn't you make a call about yeah, A.J. Green? The, the Bengals and Redskins right now, like, the, these teams are obviously going nowhere. They should be in the trade market just heavily um, these next couple of days, and they're, we have heard basically nothing. And yeah. I'm not expecting anything. Yeah, whatever. Uh, all right. <laughs> whatever. I mean, hey, I don't, I don't know what to say about that other than that. Uh, there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. Let's uh, look back at the week that was in week eight. Of course, there is one more game tonight. It is the Dolphins minus Kenyon Drake at the Pittsburgh Steelers, where uh, a lot of us are hoping for a get right game for guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and Mason Rudolph, uh, who I know is a streaming option this week for a lot of folks. But anyway, uh, let's look at, at some of the running backs that sort of left us scratching our head. The first one is the easy one. That's what the hell happened to Ty Johnson yesterday? Yeah. Well, again, we didn't expect him to be like a true featured back in the vein of carry on Johnson, but we did expect him to at least lead the team in touches. Right. So and snaps as well. And, and we, you know, he did lead in snaps. We, by we barely. Up, right. We ended up seeing Trey Carson start. And I'm like, what? Was it? what, what? I, I'm thinking to myself, I, I started this Ty Johnson guy in, in the one league that I picked him up. And he played on 37% of the offensive snaps. Trey Carson was in at 31. McKissick is at 26. And then Paul Perkins got almost 10% of the snaps. So this was not even a three-headed monster. It was a four-freaking-headed monster. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now moving forward, I mean, if you spent a lot of fab on Ty Johnson, you're crying in your beer this morning or last night. But now there's, I mean, which Lions running back do you trust? No, you can't. If any. You can't play any of these guys going forward. I, unfortunately, I think that this is here to stay. This running back committee is here to stay. Uh, Ty Johnson will have a few really good games this year, and I think it's going to be very hard to predict them. Um, the Lions, they're sitting at 3-3-1. Three, three and one. They're, they're just hanging out uh, in kind of the middle of the league right now. But if anything, th these running back moves 
I think just solidifies Stafford in this passing game's volume and and Kenny Galladay, man. Dude, no, oh my God, Stafford's. Bad. It was nice to see him Ooh. get back in the end zone after a string of Marvins had been uh, taking <laughs> touchdowns from him. It was like Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall. I think the dude from Pulp Fiction uh, got one as well. It's true. Uh, that it, was a lot of fun to watch Kenny Galladay <laughs> go off yesterday, though. That was nice. See, he finally got, nice. he got he got two, which uh, I think made everybody feel a little bit better. And the start happened. was a bit slow. Yeah, when Marvin Hall is catching a touchdown pass. Yeah, I think. I think I think Galladay had like one or two catches going in halftime, and mm-hmm. he just went nuts in that second half. Yeah, so that uh, that definitely was was very good. Um, all right, so you mentioned Todd Gurley, Fabs, and look, he had a touchdown, which was nice, but in the second half, there was a whole lot of Daryl Henderson going on there, and in the game that. It's not like it was a huge blowout where you just think you're going to sit all your guys and let somebody else. Like, this game was still, you know, relatively in doubt. Yeah, the Bengals kind of hung around. It was basically 24-10 the whole second half. Yeah. Yeah. And and we saw a lot of Daryl Henderson there. I mean, this was this was supposed to be a cherry matchup, Fabs. I mean, this, uh, you know, I, I've been trying to, like, you know, temper my concerns the last few weeks, but this was sort of a, a red flag for me. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt about it. Henderson is making uh, a role for himself in this offense, right? And I did read reports that there was uh, some trainers looking at Gurley's knee in the second half of the game. I- I'm s- I- I'm concerned at this point. I'll tell you this: uh, you know, Mark Walton might be you know higher ranked in terms of waiver wire priority when you're going to make your ads this week because he's going to inherit that featured role for the Dolphins. But I mean, whatever touches or touches, Daryl Henderson needs to be owned in all fantasy leagues, all of them. Yeah, no because doubt. I-, I feel like he's already moved past. Malcolm Brown, who is dealing with the ankle and hasn't been able to play. And I, the Rams are clearly, clearly doing what they said they would do. Mm-hmm. And But I didn't think it would be to this extreme because there have been games earlier in the season where Gurley got a full workload. Yep. And you're thinking, okay, I feel a little bit better about him. I feel a little bit better. 54% of the snaps compared to 45.6 for Henderson in that contest. Touches were basically split down the middle. And late on, later on in the season... You know, you could see a scenario where the Rams, who clearly are a contending team in the NFC, could end up sitting Gurley, resting Gurley, limiting Gurley, uh, in which case Daryl Henderson would be the leader of a backfield in an offense that uh, is going to score some points. Yeah, I mean, with with Gurley's knee at this point, I mean, there's just no way I think the Rams can, like, in good conscience, roll him out there in the same role we were expecting him. Uh, or we, we were, we've seen him from him in the past couple of years. And you mentioned, Marcus, their, their second half carries yesterday. So Gurley had four in the second half while Henderson had nine. Uh, I mean, if Gurley's not even going to be getting some of the, like, the clock-killing touches every single week, if we can't bank on those and he's not catching the ball again, Gurley's basically just not involved as a receiver in this offense. They've basically just shifted those running back uh, those running back targets into just Cooper Cup, an insane volume for Cooper Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there's Gurley's basically just an RB2 in fantasy and, and a touchdown-dependent one at that. If you can trade him somehow maybe a package deal, something like that. The schedule's not great either. He's I said, I'm Ch- looking at the schedule. He's got Chicago in week 11. I mean, Baltimore in week 12, you know, their defense is not as great as they've been in the past. But they got the Niners on the road in fantasy championship week, which is a death sentence I mean, for most running backs not named Christian McCaffrey. It is, it is a middling at best schedule, right? Because you mentioned the Bears, the Ravens. I mean, they got the Steelers after the bye. They've got the Seahawks. They've got the Niners. It's not. It is not a cakewalk of a schedule, especially no, if when you have not. a guy who's not getting the bulk of the the carries. the The only silver lining that I'm holding on to, and this is just pure speculation, is that 
the whole idea was to keep Gurley fresh for a late season run, right? Right. So maybe when we get to, you know, weeks 11, weeks 12, 13, especially because, I hate this phrase, but if the playoffs started today, the Rams are not in. No. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are just, I think they're like the seventh seed in a six-team tournament right now. So... That so, so maybe they can kind of keep hanging on, and as long as they're still winning games and keeping pace, um, I, I can just hope that maybe late in the season they decide, okay, now now we need to kick it into gear, and this is going to be tugged. You know, if there and if there's any good news, it's that the Niners are just blowing the competition away, and the Rams they have to keep winning games to make the playoffs. I mean, Seattle is just cruising right now. Seattle yep. cruised through Atlanta yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Obviously, the Rams are about to head into their bye. So, I mean, it's definitely possible they gave Gurley this extra rest, but now this is two back-to-back games where he's played. Basically, like three-year low snap rates. I mean, I know Fabs. You just mentioned a snap rate this past week was fifty-four percent, but the week before it was sixty-one, and that was also pretty low, low total for him over the last three years. So, I mean, this role, man, like outside of the one game where he caught seven balls for fifty-four yards against the Bucks in week four, he's basically not been a receiver in this offense. Yeah, and he's touchdown dependent now too. Yeah, that makes it even harder. Yeah. Uh it gets better for Le'Veon Bell, right, Graham? I mean, like, oh. I know it's been bad. The schedule, man. It's the schedule, schedule, schedule lightens up, right? So it it gets better, right? I mean, it has to. He's playing every single snap in this Bell, uh, in this Jets offense. Obviously, their offensive line is not going to turn around anytime soon. But weeks 9, 10, and 11 is just absolutely gorgeous. They get the Dolphins, Giants, and Redskins. Uh, look, Le'Veon Bell is not the same fantasy asset. He's not going to come close to the same fantasy asset that he was in Pittsburgh because this offense is just so far <laughs> so far removed from where we were uh, projecting the Steelers just a couple years ago. But it, it's going to get better because it has to because the schedule is so much so much easier over the next three weeks. Like I, the Jets by far have the easiest schedule uh, in the NFL over the next couple weeks. And I know Sam Darnold is, um, let's let's say, they were calling the Ghostbusters yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I know Donald's struggling, and I know this offense is is really tough to watch right now. But it it has to get better here. You want to? You guys want to hear? Uh, it's not funny for me because it's basically a kick in the pills. But uh, in this league that I'm in, um, you know, Lisa Ann Murphy, who does the mm-hmm. Sirius XM shows, we did a trade where I got Le'Veon Bell and DK Metcalf. I traded Tevin Coleman. <laughs> I think I mean, and I traded her Chark. My wide receivers are jacked, so I didn't need Chark. But yeah. That sucked yesterday. <laughs> that yeah. cost me. Because uh, I, I'm looking at the schedule thinking I want to I, – I have traded for Le'Veon Bell in two leagues already just based on the schedule. And yesterday, boy, that was just bad. Hopefully – I mean, Dolphins, you know, coming up. So hopefully things get turned around. But um, not a good start. Yeah. Not a good start. No, no. And that's, that's the worst when you immediately make a deal and, and, then, that, and then the first week just blows up in I your face. Like, oh, I kept is. seeing Tevin Coleman score. And then Miz has got him against me in the Alice League. And I'm like, what the? I mean, geez, Louise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do. Um, so we sort of talked about this. I mean, is it is it over for, for Chase Edmonds now? The schedule's bad. They've got Kenyon Drake. Um, he's got the injury. I mean, he's going to end up getting cut in some leagues. Like I said, I think that sell high window just slammed. It just absolutely slammed shut. There's really not much you can do if you have DJ and Edmonds right now besides hold on because everybody knows, you know, the schedule's popping up and and the injuries are are what they are. Yep. Yeah, man. That's uh, that was short lived. Not only was it short lived, few people got to actually take advantage of it. No, I know. Right. And and when Edmonds went off last week, pretty much everyone had him on their bench. Right. Most people bench. Apparently, the Cardinals. Twitter knew about it. Oh, that's funny. <clears throat> that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, over to the wide receiver position for the week. Um, 
So Emmanuel Sanders gets traded from Denver to San Francisco. And we are like, all right, great. Cortland Sutton. We all know that that's going to be fine. Um, the other part of the scuttlebutt was, hey, maybe this is good things for Deshaun Hamilton. Like maybe this is the time that he finally steps forward. Uh, and then Fabs Fred Brown ends up <laughs> outplaying Deshaun Hamilton. So did we just have the wrong Broncos wide receiver? Uh, the time? I do. There's not going to be a Broncos wide receiver to trust not named Cortland Sutton. It's just I mean. I like Deshaun Hamilton. If you remember at the end of last season, he was a targets machine. He was getting targeted a ton, different quarterback, of course, but he was getting targeted a ton in that offense. And now you would think that that was going, I mean, I'm still, I'd rather roster him. I mean, between the two, let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. But that, that offense is awful. Okay. Uh, It's all Cortland Sutton and the running backs, Joe Flacco. I mean, Joe Flacco, who is, you know, Joe cool. Right. I mean, even he got frustrated. He was, he yesterday. was salty yesterday. He was extremely salty. Which so, I was not expecting. For wait, which I kind of, I mean, and he was just cashing checks. And, I, and I've said, and I've said, oh, some good, good checks to cash too. Uh, and, and I said this last week that, you know, sorry, the, the Broncos can only really go to Drew Locke, who is eligible to come back in week nine. But we've heard that he ain't ready. So I mean, like, to me, I, th- this offense, I mean, you're starting Lindsay, you're starting uh, Royce Freeman, who, who came out, I believe, with a shoulder injury yesterday, but it looks like he's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and Sutton, and that's it. That is it. They don't throw the ball enough to, to really accommodate having two wide receivers have consistent fantasy value week in and week out. Noah Fant got targeted a bunch yesterday. I believe he had eight targets, but really didn't yeah, do a whole heck of a lot he with him. He didn't do much of anything so, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, season high targets for Fant. I think that was probably the biggest takeaway here. And, and like you mentioned, I mean, Deshaun, man, like he, I, I, I think I heard something, maybe it was on the broadcast or I saw it on Twitter. I can't remember yesterday, but it was basically like, you know, Vic Fangio said that Deshaun needs to you know play with some more pop. And to me, that just means he's in the doghouse. And yep. He's obviously in the doghouse. If you can't play uh, over Fred Brown and Fred Brown. Broncos yep. are going to get Tim Patrick back too off IR who they like to play a lot. Yeah. Like. And he had some he, nice weeks last yes, year. Yes. He was a, he was a name that people were picking up off of the waiver it's, wire. It's, it's the Cortland Sutton show there and their, uh, their pass catching tree. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, and, and this may cause them to lean even more on those running backs. The the Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, who both, by the way, have been very good this year. Um, yeah. Royce, oh, Fre- yeah. Royce Freeman has been startable uh, most weeks. So Royce Freeman's had a great floor, and now he's starting to score touchdowns because he was not scoring at all. Unfortunately, yeah. it was just kind of random, but uh, but now he's, he's starting to score. That there, there are very few running back, uh, running back situations there uh, in the National Football League where two guys can sustain value. That's one of them. And then Green Bay. Green Bay. Jamal Williams has yeah. had three good games in a row, man. Yeah, no, he's And Aaron Jones went startable. bananas last night. He went all Le'Veon Bell, crazy catching passes out of the backfield, lining out wide. I mean, they had him all over the place. And boy, I'll tell you something. I mean, you know, we talk about Christian McCaffrey. He's the MVP. Patriots defense is probably up there, too. Aaron Jones, he's a touchdown machine. Yeah. yeah. He's I mean, a touchdown it, machine this all, season. All of these Packers, well, I say all of these, but it's basically just because Devontae Adams is like three receivers in one yeah, in this yeah. Packers. <laughs> I, need, I need uh, him back. <laughs> the Packers basically just don't have any healthy receivers, and it's allowing all these dudes to just, or, you know, Jamal and uh, Aaron Jones just to just yep. to go ham. Yeah. I mean, like, they're they are literally winding, lining Aaron Jones up wide and, yeah. and letting him run routes. I mean, it, and yeah, as long as Geronimo Allison and MVS and, and those guys kind of, you know, don't do a lot. Uh, those two running backs are going to continue to eat. Um, speaking of wide receivers not doing a whole lot, is is Odell Beckham Jr. a matchup-based starter now? Um, I mean, 
<laughs> and, and not because of, I won't say because of him. Yeah. But just because this Browns offense isn't it just isn't producing right now. Yeah, I mean, so yesterday he ends up with what ten point two points. Yeah. Just off seven targets against the Patriots. Just brutal game, obviously on the road. It's raining. Doesn't absolutely kill your fantasy lineup, but but yeah, I mean, I, I was big into OBJ for uh, all off season. Just the the biggest thing for me is where are like the schemed looks? Where why why are we not moving Beckham around and, and finding ways to get him into space and create separation against defenders? I know yesterday Stephon Gilmore was traveling with him on every single snap, but. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, the next two weeks, at least, the, the matchups aren't any better. They get the Broncos on the road. Yeah. He's going to see Chris Harris on every yep. single snap. Chris Harris just shut down T.Y. Hilton. Yep. Uh, Chris Harris is playing extremely well this year. And then they've got the Bills. At least that game's at home. But again, Bills secondary is very talented. You know um, why? We, we, we all we are guilty of it. As, uh, um, as we've heard the quote in the past, we crown their asses before they really deserved it, the Browns. Yeah. And now, I mean, Baker Mayfield had his butt fumble moment in that game yesterday where he basically flipped the ball <laughs> to the back of an offensive line. I mean, what the hell was that? I mean, so uh, the Browns, like Nick Chubb, God bless him. He had a great game, had a couple of fumbles lost. That hurt his hurt his overall numbers. Uh, you lose four fantasy points for that. But there's no one in this offense that you can trust, not even Odell Beckham Jr. And it sucks to say it. And I can't believe I'm about to say this. I miss the days where Eli Manning was throwing the ball to OBJ. Uh, I mean, that's sort of where we are right now. I do. That's sort of where I mean, we are right it's, now. It's a, it's a fair take because right now this Browns offensive line, man, like they are not protecting Baker. Baker Mm-mm. is so uncomfortable back there. You can just see it. I mean, he's just – even when there's not pressure in his face, he's moving and just jittered and yeah. not right. It's it's a mess right now in Cleveland, and, and Odell has sort of – you know, he, he's been infected by it right now. Uh, <coughs> last bit of, of, of running back – or wide receiver news, I should say. Um <laughs> Have we overlooked Tyrell Williams? Yep. I mean, he's got a touchdown well, in every. And look, I know the yardage hasn't always been great, but he's yeah. scoring a touchdown in every game. Every he's played single this game. Year. And um, also keep in mind, a lot of people cut him because he had missed a few games. And then he was on a bye. That injury, yeah. right? So he's out there. He's going to be the number one waiver ad this week, probably close to Mark Walton, I would think. Um, Kenyon Drake is still owned in most leagues, so I don't know that he's going to he, he's going to be the number one guy. And most people have to remember that schedule, as we just mentioned, is going to be brutal, but. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's getting the job done, man. I mean, he really is. This, if you score a touchdown in every game and you're a Raider, I mean, I mean like, you yeah. know, that's good. I mean, so he needs to be added across the board. We all talk about how Derek Carr loves to throw to Darren Waller, and clearly we've seen that. But he also has a rapport going on with Tyrell. And Tyrell was a guy, if you guys remember in drafts, when the whole Antonio Brown thing was about to explode, people were thinking, hey, Tyrell Williams could end up having more value than we think. And now that he's back and he's, I would assume, 100%, I mean, at worst, you know, this is a flex starter every week or a wide receiver three, right, regardless of the matchup. And the Raiders, I believe, yeah, they play Detroit coming up next week. That's a good matchup. Their next three games are all at home. The Raiders' schedule this year is just so weird. So they they play in London, then they have an early bye week, and they basically ended up playing a bunch of games on the road. They ended up faring out through their schedule pretty well, actually. But their next three games, they get the Lions, Chargers, and Bengals all at home. Uh, Tyrell's not going to score every week, but like, he's a great player to package and throw into a deal because he is, he's going to continue to produce in this offense and, uh, they don't really have anyone else. I guess Hunt, maybe, you know, Hunter Renfro had the big score yesterday, but outside of that, I mean, they yeah. really just don't have anywhere else to go besides him and Waller. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, and you got to give it to the Raiders too. 
They're playing well. They're playing well. Like they're staying in games. Yeah. They're playing well, dude. Yeah. Their defense is better. Their offense is And they've the done football. it. And they've done it despite the Antonio Brown nonsense. Right. <laughs> I mean, they I mean, legitimately their plan was Antonio Brown's going to be a Raider for 16 games look, and and that blew up in their face. He's they're, they're doing okay. Look, no one ever doubted that John Gruden understands conceptually understands football that he can call offense that he knows at least that side of the game. The, you know, the the bigger problem that Gruden's had is the personnel issues, but he's fought through it and they're playing well. Derek Carr's playing well too. Their offensive line, I was really wrong about their offensive line. They're they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, they've really turned it around this year. Yeah, no. So they that, that that's been one of the the pleasant surprises I think this season, and uh, Tyrell Williams uh, among them. All right, let's get to the quarterbacks because it was sort of. I think the big name guys kind of did what you expected them to, right? Deshaun Watson had a big day. Aaron Rodgers had a big day. Uh, Drew Brees came back and and he played really well this week. So in that respect, uh, a lot of the quarterback questions sort of answered themselves. But some of the the, the middling quarterbacks uh, either. You know, were great or not great. Um, Graham, thoughts on Ryan Tannehill, who the, the, the Titans have won two games with him at quarterback. Um, and he was OK yesterday, but I'm just, you know, I don't know he's if I can still you, put my He's put giving my you nearly behind. 20 points in two straight games. I know, but I feel like we've seen this. Yeah, movie, right. I, I mean, yesterday, just 33 pass attempts, only 193 yards. They they did not have to do too much on offense because Jameis kept giving them the ball back in short field situations. Right. And they just really just didn't What's have funny a chance to is that as much as Jameis turns yardage. the ball over, he still had 19 points. He still had 19 points. points. Believe me, I started him in a league. Yeah. He had 19 points. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you'll find out that, what we can expect from Tannehill. Now he's got a road game against Carolina this week, so let's see what he can do there. That's the Jameis Winston special, right? You have five turnovers <laughs> and still have still 19 fantasy points. points. Right. He is the most frustrating, pull-your-hair-out quarterback in fantasy football. Yeah. He is. Well, he's, he's a uh, he's a low-end QB1, and, and he has the ability to obviously win you and lose you week. I mean, I used to do what I called the the Mark Bolger Award because he was the king of, like, you know, throwing, like, two yeah. or three first-half interceptions, but then having to throw the ball in the second half and end up with a decent fantasy score. It might be time to change it to the Jameis Winston Award. Oh, we're already, I, we're already there. <laughs> we're already there. It man. might be the Jameis Winston Award at yeah. this point. Um. So Josh Allen, and, and I know we were all sort of big because the schedule opened up and, and you know, this this seemed just kind of line up for him to really do some big things. And I mean, he's been OK. He gave you 21 against the Dolphins. You're not going to complain about that. 17 against the Eagles eh, could have been better. I guess it could have been I mean, it's worse. The Eagles, bro. Um, I mean, we're still in on them, though, right, Fabs? I mean, he's got Washington next week. He's got Cleveland, Miami again. I mean, we're still we're still OK with Josh Allen for the next few weeks, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the schedule's good okay. uh, for Josh. Uh, no no question about that. I'm starting him. Uh, I have him in our NFL Fantasy Live League. He's my QB1. <laughs> Winston's my backup because uh, I traded Kyler. So, um, no, I feel I feel fine with him. The, the elements were a big concern yesterday. It was raining. It was windy. And, you know, Allen still gave you 17. I feel like at quarterback, if I get 17, I feel okay about it. I don't feel great. There was a time when you got like 15, you were like, all right, that's okay. That's, right. you know, now you got to get 17, 18 to feel good about the quarterback. Yeah. But Josh Allen has got some good matchups, as you just mentioned, coming up, including another game against the Dolphins. And then it gets a little hairy after that. He's got Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and New England. So you may want to sell high on Josh after that Dolphins game. But I'm, I'm fine with him right now. Uh, the, the Allen that I would be more concerned about is Kyle. Because Cam's getting his job. Cam's Cam's oh, God, coming. Yeah. Cam's getting his job. Cam's getting closer. He's getting closer to coming back. The fact that that was even a debate. 
yeah. sort of wild. Well, the, the Niners, the Niners put that bad that's boy to sort rest. Of wild. And have you seen Carolina's schedule? They have Tennessee, which is that's not an easy one. Then they're at Green Bay. Then they have Atlanta, which is uh, you know that's going to be a cakewalk. Then you go to at Saints, and the Saints defense is. They're bad mamma-jammas right now, so um, I feel like Cam Newton's going to get that job back. I don't know if it'll be this week. Maybe it will be. Maybe it won't be. But Cam is a guy that, as bad as he was when he was playing, I still, if he's out there in your league and you need a quarterback, dude, get him. Real quickly, see back, what happens. real quickly back to Josh Allen here. I, yeah. I didn't get a chance to see too much of the game, and obviously it was super windy in Buffalo. We yep. know that. Josh Allen only completes 47% of his passes, so ostensibly really struggled, but still puts up 17 fantasy points and carries the ball eight times for 45 yards. Yep. I mean, that's the beauty of these guys. Is right. like, yep. Even if Josh Allen's really going to struggle as a passer, you know, these 4.5 fantasy points on the ground he, at, you know, it, he lost a fumble, too. Yeah, yeah. Right, he lost a fumble. Like right, too, so, so yeah. it could have been closer to a 20-point day, potentially, yep, if he yep. holds on to that. Yep. Um, what do we do with Danny Dimes, right? Like, he had, he came in, his first start, he looked really good. Then he was just sort of, oh, he's, he's bad to okay for a while. Um, and then this week, just went big against Detroit. I don't, I so in one league, I started him. In another league, I benched him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I don't know what to do. With Daniel Jones I right now, I, well, I have no answer. I mean, the Lions are that bad, though, Graham. Yeah, he, it's that. It's a little bit of that, but it's also 41 pass attempts, season high for him so far. Uh, they got behind pretty quickly and just had to throw a bunch to catch up. I, I mean, you know, Jones over the past four weeks prior to that, you mentioned he had basically been like, you know, finishing outside of like the top 20 quarterbacks or worse every single week. Uh, I think this was a big volume volume game for him. Um, they'll get Sterling Shepard back, and I think that'll help kind of, you know, balance out the receiver core a, a little bit. But Daniel Jones, I, th- I think at this point, is just a matchup-based yep. streamer at this, uh, at this yep. point. Yep, and next week uh, at home against my beloved Dallas Cowboys, I believe that's a Monday night game. So I don't know if I'm going to trust Daniel Jones. How many times do we have to see Cowboys-Giants on Monday night? <laughs> I mean, every year. Oh, my God. Every year. Uh, but you like, know what, though? Let's like be honest. Every other Monday night game. Let's be Cowboys, honest. Giants. Have you seen some of the primetime games we've had lately? I mean, yeah. I Dolphins. mean, tonight we got Dolphins freaking Steelers. Uh, well, when they were making okay? the schedule, that was probably a little bit better if Big Ben was healthy. But Well, but Dolphins still. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, not good. No. And then, you know, we had we had that Jets-Patriots game that yeah. was like, you know, professional oh. team versus JV squad. <laughs> And the Cowboys lost to that damn team somehow. Uh, that is the one know. thing that's going to drive that's me the biggest, nuts. That's the, the whole of the season year. long. The NFL how the, the hell did the Cowboys lose to the Jets? That how is the, the how biggest, they, biggest mystery of the year is how that happened. The NFL is yeah. weird, man. They didn't have Amari in that game, right? He got hurt. That was I the don't game care. I, dude, we could, hell, bring Alvin Harper out of retirement Woo. and put Irv back out there. We should be able to beat man. that Ugh. Alvin Harper that, reference. That, <laughs> Ooh, never thought that was an that. awful. That's an awful team, and the Cowboys. Well, I'm sorry. I'm getting uh, mad because I'm a Cowboy. All right. Well, let's let's awful. try to let's, let's try to move away from. Sorry, pal. And, uh, and talk about guys who potentially are on the trading block, and uh, you know, where they could go that would help their fantasy value, or at least where we'd like to see them go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, since you are angry about the Jets, let's talk about Robbie Anderson. Um, <laughs> Uh, he was actually third on the list, but I'm going to move him up because uh, he's a guy that, you know, we've seen a lot of reports lately that the Jets could be moving on from Robbie Anderson uh, as obviously they are what, one in six now. And they're about to start to dismantle this thing and see what they can do. Um, 
I mean, just a, a spot. Anybody have a spot where, you know, a guy who a field stretching oh. playmaking wide receiver could go? I have one. Yes. The Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would they trade Robbie Anderson? You need him. I, that blew my mind Doesn't when be, I saw yeah. this report. That, like, that's, that's very who's going to stretch the field in this offense? Chris Hernan can't stay healthy. We, we know Jamison Crowder's role. Like Sam Darnold is, look, he's, he's really struggled and now three of his four starts this mm-hmm. year. Why would you trade your only guy who can beat corners deep? Why? Why? What's the point? Yeah, I can't. It, I cannot, for the life of me, figure that out. I, I mean, if Hollywood Browns banged up to the point where he's going to miss more time, maybe Baltimore. Cardinal. I think the Cardinals would make the, the most Cardinals sense because they they are running four receivers out there, and two of them just uh, can't get open. But uh, maybe even three now. Larry Fitz can't get open. Yeah, I, I think that makes that would make some sense. Oakland. Man. Oakland could possibly use him. Yeah, but Tyra Williams is basically Robbie Anderson. No, I know. I, I'm just trying to think of teams yeah. that could use uh, use you know some some depth at wide receiver there. I don't know. I mean, Packers could be fun. Yeah, I mean that'd be they're interesting. They're going to get Devontae Adams, especially back. when Devontae Adams comes back. How that works there? Yeah, I feel like all the other teams that could possibly use him are also in sell mode, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of the thing. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I assume Deshaun Jackson's going to be back soon. Otherwise, Philadelphia would make a lot of sense. But you know, if D. Jackson's coming back, you, you can't. Really yeah, he's do. been out a lot longer than by I thought way, he was going to be. By the way, man, the Eagles—they just—they desperately need Jackson. Man. They do they, they, so badly. They cannot. They they just do not have any guys on that team that can spread people out and actually create mismatches because, I mean, they, they just desperately miss D-Jax. Yeah. Uh, so, A.J. Green, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, the fact that the Bengals haven't really made a whole lot of noises about wanting to trade him, but it just seems to make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I would think there are a lot of teams that could use an A.J. Green. I mean, I could see the Patriots kind of throwing in that, throw their hat in the ring on this one uh, to add him, especially now that Josh Gordon is gone. But I feel like they would have done it already before they would have given a second rounder for Sanu. Like, maybe true. they already, you know, as I said, I, I don't know. But, but yeah. The, true, the, true. <laughs> Every like every good veteran player who's unhappy in his current situation gets linked to the Patriots. Gets linked to the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> right or wrong, he gets linked to the Patriots. If if the Bengals were going to trade AJ Green, which I guess they still could, I think they would have already done it. I mean, AJ Green has basically been close to getting fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had now well over two months, nearly three months to get healthy. I, I would be. Very surprised at this point if the Bengals do move on. And AJ Green, for what it's worth, maybe this this, this does matter. You know, Green. I think I think I read a quote where Green said he'd like to finish his career in Cincinnati. So I get that. You know, from a player perspective, you want right. to try and finish where you started. But at the same time, for the Bengals, it's like, what what are you doing? At least not heavily shopping him. Right. Just seeing what you can get. Right. Who knows? Um, Melvin Gordon has not worked out since he has returned uh, from his holdout. He has he does not have 50 scrimmage yards in a game. The closest he got was 48. I think his second game back. I think it was. Um, he I mean, has, he hasn't gotten 50 yards yet. Yeah. The, I mean, at least he salvaged the stat line yesterday with a touchdown. And the finally, Bears, the Bears gave up two more touchdowns to running backs yesterday. Yeah, they didn't give up a lot of yards, but yeah, they did give one to Eckler and one to, yep. to Melvin Gordon. Um, I mean. I, I don't know who would trade for a running back, especially one that has a hefty price tag at this point in yeah. the season. I just I feel like getting him off the Chargers roster, though, is better for all the other pieces there that Charger <laughs> off. So this is just fantasy wishful thinking. Maybe we just want Austin Eckler back in our RB one. Good. Grade. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point, who is going to trade for Melvin Gordon? That's the things I don't. No, I don't got, really know. You've got to not only do you have to ostensibly trade a pick for him, but then you've got mm-hmm. to pay him next year. And I, I think uh, 
if we've learned anything over the last couple of weeks is that Melvin Gordon has completely uh, killed his. And I'm just looking at like teams I mean, that could use a running back. And I mean, I would have said the Bay, Texans a few weeks ago. Right but now, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Carlos Hyde's been okay. You yeah. know, Duke Johnson's. You know that they've they've had a you know a decent one two points there. Tampa Bay is the team that needs a running back. And but Tampa Bay is not a contending team, and I don't know right. if they would trade any assets to get Melvin Gordon. And you mentioned the. The assets part, right? Like, so from the Chargers' perspective, so we just saw Kenyon Drake get flipped for a conditional 2020 pick, which is, mm-hmm. I think it's a sixth that can turn into a fifth. What what is what team is going to give up any more than that and for Melvin Gordon right now? And for yeah. the Chargers, how does that even make sense for them? I know. I mean, yeah. maybe the Dolphins. The Chiefs, if I squint, <laughs> I if I, if I, mean, I squint I really hard and say maybe the Chiefs, but I just feel like he, he doesn't fit in with that offense in no. Kansas City. By the way, that backfield is going to drive – all of us it's a disaster. to go crazy. I'm walking away because from we it. finally got like okay, LaShawn McCoy is the guy, and then he <laughs> coughs the ball up, and then Damian Williams comes in and ha- and actually gets into the end zone, and now you know coming up, uh, you know Kansas City has got a matchup uh, in Week Nine against Minnesota, which is not the best matchup in the world, and you're thinking, now I don't know who to play if I have to play one of these dudes. Yeah, like I said, I really wish that sort they of would just away. go. <laughs> I really wish, and it won't happen, but I really wish they would just go with Daryl Daryl Williams. Just give him the give him a chance to be the featured guy there, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, it, just, it would just be so much cleaner if we just knew. Um, so the Dolphins already traded Kenyon Drake. Devontae Parker is another name that has sort of popped up. And this is one where you can get good production. I don't think you have to give up a ton in terms of draft picks or what have you to go acquire him. So I feel like all those teams, I mean, again, the Patriots seem like they're out of the market right now for a wide receiver. But I don't know, maybe if you're the Titans, um, I mean, you've got, you've got some decent receivers, but maybe you can add another one in yeah. Devontae Parker because you're still very much in the mix uh, in the AFC South. Uh I, but I think the, the the options are limited there for Devontae Parker, too. Yeah, they are. And for what it's worth, I mean, I th- I've thought Parker's played pretty well. He's played very year. well this year. Yeah, I thought this has been his best year so far as a pro. Touchdown in three straight games. Yeah, it's obviously not saying saying a whole lot because he's he's really struggled with some mental things. Um, and, and, and hey, but if you're a Devontae career, Parker but, truther, man, yeah. this, is, this is the season to hold on to, right? This, this is, man. He's <laughs> actually playing pretty well. Uh, yeah, 18 uh, for 248 and three touchdowns. So he's he's almost matched his career high in touchdowns uh, this season. And uh, yeah, he's, he's having a very good year. Uh, would anybody trade for Tyler Eifert that that would help him? I mean, uh, and I his, mean, his is just a situation of, of but he's been healthy this we year. Are, we are real quick. I mean, I know we're talking about trades, but Tyler Eifert yesterday caught six balls. Yeah, I was 70, wondering 74 yards season high, nine targets. Did the Bengals feature him on purpose? I. Y- <laughs> Possibly. Right. That's how bad the tight end position is at this point. The Tyler Eifert just puts up six for 74 and ends up on the week like as a top 10 option. It's just uh, Mm. absolutely brutal. Yeah. With his injury history, I don't see how anybody could really in good conscience trade for him. Maybe. Maybe it's just a low end sixth or seventh round pick or conditional pick, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, that's another one of those uh oh really? Tyler Eifert outscores Gerald Everett. (laughs) That that, you know, was the play that everyone liked and Eifert, not so much. By the way, what the hell's going on with Zach Ertz? Uh, now Dallas Goddard. That's yeah. going oh on with Zach Ertz. I mean, that one is. Uh, that, I mean, he's been a bust, dude. Based oh. on where you drafted him, oh, he has God. been a bust, and he's in a spot where, like, how are you going to trade him right now? The, you can't trade him. It the is, last two weeks, I think ten targets, four catches for like fifty-eight yards. Yeah, no it's been it's been bad. Yeah, it's been bad. I tweeted this out, I think, last night, but over the last month, uh, Zach Hertz has thirteen catches, one hundred and sixty-nine yards, one touchdown. Dallas Goddard has thirteen catches, one hundred and fifty yards, and two scores. And yeah. Zach Hertz has done it on six more targets. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that, what it is, man. That has not that has not worked out. Yep. Um, last one again. Quarterbacks very hard to trade at this point, but Marcus Mariota. Um, do the Titan one? Do the Titans decide to move on? I mean, they've they've already basically decided they're moving on from him, right? Like his tenure there is over. Uh, do the Bears maybe make a move and see if they can bring in Marcus Mariota to salvage what what chances they have? I mean, they're three and four. They still have an outside shot at making the playoffs. So they can get on a run. I don't know if Marcus Mariota is the answer, but we certainly know Mitch Trubisky is not the answer there. I, I, I'm just thinking of Adam, Adam watching going from oh. Mitch Trubisky to Marcus to Marcus Mariota. I mean, I'll say this at this at this point, Trubisky is just an anchor to that offense. At the very least, Mariota probably wouldn't turn it over as much. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, and he'll actually maybe scramble, but maybe. Yeah, I mean Mariota, man. Yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> I think I think we've come to the conclusion that the the answer to the Jameis Winston versus Mariota discussion was uh, nobody. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much, that's it. Would you Would you start Trubisky this week against the Eagles? No, no, <laughs> no. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even consider it. I uh, mean, I, I I'm just no. I mean, I, I'm just throwing it out there. I will tell you this: the Eagles, they're giving up fewer than 13 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks at home. Yeah, I no, no. I I want no parts of Mitch Trubisky anywhere at this point. Nope. I don't care where it is. They can play the, the only the only Mitch Trubisky exposure I want is through Allen Robinson. Yes. And that's I, it. I even then I even then do not want it. That's it, man. It was nice to see David Montgomery, you know, get off. I think we all kind of knew that that was going to happen. He was a guy that he was in my stardom and him column. We talked about him as a as a good play on NFL Fantasy Live. So it was good to see him get what 31 touches in that yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it, it seemed like an overcorrection after Matt Nagy's I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I, you know, I know we need to run the ball. <laughs> and the schedule is really uh, good for Montgomery. Very down good. The, down the way. So yep. hopefully this is the start of something nice. We'll see. That's, I mean, why didn't why, you're coming out of the bye at home against the Saints? Why didn't you start running the ball then? Uh, who knows? I mean, my God. Who knows? Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, a look at the waiver wire. Just a few names that should be of interest to you. Mark Walton, we've talked about, is one should be high on. On your list, Tyrell Williams, uh, another notable name. Look, Chris Conley has had good back-to-back games, right? He had he had 100 yards and a touchdown yesterday. He had 83 yards, I believe, the, the week before that. D.D. Westbrook injury really helps that. Really helps that quite a bit. Um, but Minshew is looking in his direction, and, and he's making plays, so that's, uh, that's maybe one to keep an eye on. Uh, not sure about Brandon Cook's status. He left early yesterday with a concussion. Uh, in, in his place, Josh Reynolds stepped in, got a lot of targets, did some things with him. So if if Cooks is going to be out, Reynolds is at least worth looking at. Rams have a bye. Keep that in mind coming off of the London right. game. Uh, and Daryl Henderson, who we talked about, needs to be owned now in all leagues. And I get it. The Rams, again, on a bye, don't care. Henderson is an asset you need to try and get, even if he's not playing for the next week. Yeah, Malcolm Brown's ankle injury. We don't, we aren't entirely sure what's totally going on there, but it sounds like this is a multi-week thing. But he obviously could come back healthy out of the bye. Yeah, yep. we'll see about that. Yeah, some uh, other some other guys. Uh, Cole Beasley's touchdown in two straight games. Yep, good matchup this week. Yep, Tannehill's giving you nineteen plus in two straight. So if you're, looking not, to, if you're looking at stream matchups, not great this week, but Derek Carr. Derek Carr is definitely a streamer I have Detroit, on my radar. Detroit. His next few weeks, he's got some really nice matchups. And mm-hmm. Derek, Derek Carr is a name you should have on your radar if you are streaming quarterbacks. Right. Um, because, look, I mean, I know he's not a sexy name, but he's efficient. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you can't really knock that. He doesn't turn the ball over a ton, and, and he completes passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's, and it's worth looking at. Cameron uh, Jarrell, Cameron, your pal. Cam, Cam Jarrell Newton is, is back in our lives, it looks like. Uh, Darren Fells is, look, I, I know – you don't have to ask a lot out of a tight end, but Darren Fells is catching touchdowns, right? Yeah. And, and he's getting <laughs> targets from Deshaun Watson. 
John yeah. Smith, John another Smith. guy. As long as Delaney Walker is out, if yep. you remember last year, uh, there was a there was a little stretch there where John Smith was putting up some pretty decent numbers, yeah. and he looked good yesterday. John it looks Smith, like he's got the rapport. He's a really with good Hill. player, man. He's dealt with a few knee injuries in his career, but he's yep. looked explosive. And I hate to say this one too. Sam Darnold in the Jets defense. <sighs> yeah, I'm just saying they're playing. No, the no, Dolphins. no. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. I'm just I, saying. I thought I felt like this was going to be. Maybe not a, a blow-up game for Darnold this past week, but I felt like he would be better. And, and Eight sacks. He took another eight sacks. Eight sacks. He threw three picks. It just... Uh. I, I know. I get it. <laughs> so I get so it. I'm, like, not, I'm not saying I have like 100% confidence in it, but I mean, it is the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Dallas Goddard, we talked about him and the fact that, that he has sort of been gobbling up a lot of Zach Ertz opportunities. So yep. I think he's worth a look. Uh, we mentioned Daryl Henderson as well, especially if he's going to get uh, a lot of work in the second half of football games. Uh, he's a name to kind of keep on your radar. You think the Dolphins well. win that game? What? Home game against the Jets? Uh, no. 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 I think I think the Jets can. They no can. man, we need to build up. We have to build up for the Ofer Bowl, which uh, I believe is Week 16. Yes, Bengals Dolphins. Yeah. Ooh, we could get there. We really could get there. Get there. It yeah. could be. It could be an 0 okay. 15 matchup between the Dolphins some, and the uh, or 0 and I guess 0 14 between the Dolphins. And is, the it, is this the uh, the Mark Walton breakout week? This is. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Uh so yeah, yeah that that one is uh, Week 16. It's in Miami. Uh, if that makes a difference to any of you, man. <laughs> just for real quick, I know we're about to wrap up, but the waiver wire this year has just been brutal. Yes. Outside of week one where we had Terry McLaurin, DJ Chark, a few big names, uh, your waiver wire pickups this year have just been absolutely... I mean, they, they have generally been like short-term rentals. Essentially, yeah. I mean, we, I know a lot of people put big money down on Gallman. That failed after two weeks. Mm-hmm. People put big money on Ty Johnson. Now they're... Although I will say this. Now. I, I will say this. There are leagues where Cousins was not drafted and Stafford was not drafted. It's been and a those great two guys quarterbacks have been... Yes. J- Jacoby Brissett, same kind of thing. But you're right. Otherwise... Yeah. Bleh. Yeah. I mean, it's been a great year for streaming quarterbacks and defenses, which is... I mean, that's... It's a very easy. Where's this year's Philip Lindsay? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we have not had many league winners off the waiver wire, and that's that's kind of weird for for fantasy. Right. There's usually at least three or four guys by mm-hmm. the middle of the season. You could say, okay, yeah, these these guys have helped win people weeks, but haven't been there. Yeah. No. It, I don't see any. I don't see. Any I don't guys see anybody coming up either. either. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any coming up. Um. I don't know. Maybe maybe Kareem Hunt. I know, but he's not out. Don't there. you I mean, say that? I have Nick Chubb shares being, everywhere. He's being, you know, he's being Don't held in a lot of leagues. I know, I know. I was big on Nick Chubb this year, but I've kind of sneakishly stashed some cream, cream hunt somewhere. Because, oh, because shockingly, people took five straight zeros with Cream Hunt, and they got their bye weeks, and they decided they they, they, didn't, they couldn't carry Cream could, Hunt anymore. Can't, can't afford to do this anymore. I can do that by week eight or nine, though. Weird, weird how that works out. So. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Happy waiver wire claiming. And hopefully you get the person who uh, helps turn your season around or at least keeps it going if everything's going well already. So there you go. That's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, anyone who tells you air is free has never bought a bag of potato chips. We'll see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.